Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Grassroots Church Roundtable Podcast, a podcast that is really just a discussion between a couple of local church leaders. Today, we are back in the 1689. It's the first time we've covered the 1689 in the new 2024 year, which we will get to in just a moment. Until then, hi, I'm Adam. I got Darren in front of me. We are two of the three elders here at Grassroots Church in Lewisburg, West Virginia, Leading everybody into playoff weekend. And shift 2024. And mustache season coming up in March. For some of us, it's not be, for others. It's going to be glorious. Which, by the way, those... Okay, you need to tell them what's going on because I'm going to be... I'm going to be living distracted today in this podcast. You need to tell them what's going on in the room. All right, so last week, friends, as you recall, I opened up a big gift given to me from you all, which happened to be an air fryer, because I go through air fryers quickly, and I was in the market, and y'all hooked me up with a Ninja air fryer. So this morning right now, I've got some wings frying live. So if you hear a hum in the background, that is a Ninja air fryer. They smell so good. So what I've done, y'all, this is this is how I do wings. So restaurant wings are expensive, and they're very hard to replicate at home. They're more than a dollar a wing now. Most I, restaurants I, I think are like a dollar twenty-five a wing. Because you know I've gone to Asylum before. They have like wings and drink specials where you get a domestic drink plus a dozen wings is like eighteen dollars, I think, or something like that. It's crazy. And it used to be, they used to be ten dollars for like a dozen wings. Uh, back in my day. Which I mean, I'm still alive, so it's my day. Uh, back in my high school and college days, um, Buffalo Wild Wings had 25 cent wing night on Tuesday nights. Yeah, when and it and I'll tell you why in a second. Why we're all getting ripped off when it comes to wings, but throughout the past few years, I've been trying to supplement the deliciousness of restaurant wings to more financially friendly way to do it at home. So I've experimented with several different ways to prepare wings, baked wings, fried wings, grilled wings, smoked wings. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do it. But if you're looking for a restaurant-esque wing at home, in my opinion, the air fryer has been a legitimate and consistent option. And or, the reason why or you buy one of those uh, uh, restaurant-style deep fryers, the pig... Yeah, or you could do that. <laughs> like, that's that's uh, plan B if you can swing that. But, yeah, air frying, air frying. it's not as healthy as well. So here's how I usually prepare wings, friends. Again, I'm a huge, huge wing fan. My favorite food variety. I love dry rub. I love buffalo. I love barbecue. I'm, I'm a wing fan. So Amen. if you wings, chicken wings, were for the longest time just thrown away by different uh, butchers and restaurant owners. Wings were mostly thrown away. I did a little bit of research, Darren. The first... Recorded time that wings were added to a restaurant menu was in 1857 in Buffalo. Okay. There was a restaurant, it was a hotel, that had chicken wings fried uh, listed as a menu option. All right, so that was the first time it was ever, the wings were ever on a restaurant menu as far as we know, and that was in Buffalo at a hotel. Uh, but wings really started taking off in the 1960s. There were two restaurants in Buffalo within one mile of each other. Uh, one restaurant was called Wings and Things. Uh, who was the owner? I think it was John Young, I believe. It was a black restaurant owner for the time. Uh, but his restaurant was Wings and Things. About a week later, there was a couple, the Bellis Bellissimos. It was like Frank and Teresa Bellissimo. 
uh, they started selling buffalo wings. The way that we have wings today, which would be the, the cut wings, uh, fried, and then tossed in buffalo sauce. Uh, but really, the Bellissimos get a lot of credit for how wings go now. Again, this is a part of the chicken that butchers were just thrown away forever, but they started marketing them in the 60s, and by the 80s, wings were everywhere. Remember Buffalo Wild Wings? We looked into the history of BW3s. Yep. Was it Wings Wacken? <laughs> I forget, but I, I, I have heard the story that the, that the origin of wings as we eat them is like there was a restaurant that was – closing or something some people came in and he had some like leftovers and some hot sauce and so they just put them all together so i wonder if it was one of those places yeah that that. I, i'm sure it seems like it was a part of the buffalo culture but yeah. the 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 uh macro narrative is that you know wings are being thrown away for a while but in the 80s it's kind of like throw apart part of a product and if you look into american entrepreneurial history uh for example if you watch the history channel's uh, docuseries men who made america or brands that made america there are so many things that we have like kings look look into kingsford um grill products yeah a lot of stuff that these companies were throwing away byproducts of some other mass produced material a lot of the byproducts they begin to remarket for different reasons so wings are they kind of fall in that category. The reason why I'm calling BS on wings being so expensive now is that they are a throwaway part of the wings, and the fact that they're so popular, supply and demand. Like saying, you know, you got to pay eighteen dollars at a restaurant for some wings. Yes, yeah, somehow, somehow, people have been convinced that a buck twenty-five or a buck fifty a wing is a worthy price, and it's just I quit ordering them because it's it's too expensive. It is. So what I do, friends, I will share my wing recipe. Uh, I usually go to you know, either Walmart or Kroger, whichever uh, deli is most convenient at the time. I prefer to cut my own wings, and you're going to see why, Darren. Uh, Kroger hooked us up. No, Walmart. Pickup order gave us some pre-cut wings. Ooh. I like to dictate the size myself, and uh, I like to have more control over that. But anyway, I usually buy the two-pound-ish, sometimes like 2.3, just a pack of wings, cut them myself. I prefer to season them. It's it's my go-to trifecta of seasoning for chicken, pork, and beef. That is salt, black pepper, and garlic powder. Like it, we're gonna find out. That's all we need. We're gonna we're gonna eat them. Fry them up. Wings. I also prefer my wings. You know, you gotta cook them to about one sixty-five for a safe temperature. You know me. I don't like juicy stuff in that way. I prefer a, a more cooked, a more yeah. well done type of wings. So usually, I get it up to about one eighty for internal temperature. Well, this says it has seven minutes left. Do you? Uh, yes, we got to toss them. So it's like 15 minutes on 400 after you season, after you cut and season them. Uh, give them a good shake. Okay. And, and then put uh, them back in. Yeah, put them back in for about another 10 to 12 minutes on okay. 400. I preheated it a little bit, but we'll figure it out. So hopefully in the next, see what we got, about seven minutes? Yeah, we're about 20 minutes. Yeah, and then we'll toss them in some. I got some not too hot. I know you're not a spicy fan. And honestly, dude, so the other day we were having some Silver Dragon, yeah. and I was plowing down, pl making my way through a mountain of uh, Kung Pao pork. You know how you get little, you know, you get chilies in? Oh, some, yeah. Like the, yeah, I don't the like those thin at ones all. you got to chew. I do not like those at all. Well, I was. It comes in the general show, which I think is just general's chicken to them now. <laughs> the general. Yeah. Not not the colonel's chicken. Not, not Friends, be careful. Chicken. If you go to, uh, to an Asian insurance. cuisine restaurant and ask for the colonel's chicken. Uh, but, man, I'm just like plowing through all the vegetables and the meat and the onions. I'm like, oh, man, something spicy. There was a chili that yep. made its way in there, but I was in, like, I didn't want to reach in my mouth or spit it. Like, anyway, it's a complicated situation. So I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to eat this chili. Oh, 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 they're 
That spicy. burned me up. Like They're the side spicy. of my throat that it went down was on fire. I woke up at two o'clock. Man, I I'm telling you, I felt the spice of that chili digest from the beginning to the end. Oh my goodness. So I'm I'm trying I'm weary about spicy stuff. My my go-to buffalo sauce. Again, I don't do I don't do sauce and toss as much as I used to cuz I found like buffalo is buffalo. It's going to be you know for the most part. Yeah, there's there's some variance uh, in terms of consistency or viscosity whatever, but uh, now I've got the uh, Frank's wing sauce, just the regular buffalo. Hot buffalo is really good as well. Hey, my favorite sauce. And I'm really excited. Somebody for Christmas gave me a gift card to B-dubs. And so Kelly and I are going to take a date night to go to Beckley and go to B-dubs. The They're medium sauce. Nothing sexier than watching sports everywhere grown. and me taking down <laughs> wings. Uh, and, and chicken murder. <laughs> it's a, it, this, this medium sauce from Buffalo Wild Wings is my favorite the flavor even you you're talking about like the yeah the viscosity, viscosity the thickness it's a thicker that's what sauce. it does well it's it's got a good texture to it it coats well it, it doesn't make does. the wings soggy and so i'm really excited to get to yeah you can actually there's a lot of copycat recipes for buffalo wild wings how they prepare their wings online but here's the thing about wings y'all they're fun they're delicious they're versatile and they are hands down the football food. Darren, oh, yeah. you and I are celebrating. Yep, agreed. We, I don't, I don't think this has ever happened that I've ever known you in nine years of our friendship. Have the Browns and Packers ever been in the playoffs together? We've only been, since I've known you, we've been to the playoffs one other time, and it was, I think it was three years ago. Did Aaron Rodgers ever miss the playoffs? In the past few years, there were a couple times. Okay, I'm going to look it up while you're, you're I see your eyeball on the wings. I'm going to look this up bit. real quick. Yeah, if I remember, uh, Packers didn't make the playoffs last year. Did the Browns? No, it was it was. Uh, I'm I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. Well, maybe it's the second time in like nine years. This, the two of them. I know I know a lot of our listeners are going. Why are we talking about this? Uh, first of all, my Cleveland team doing as well as they did this year uh, won me the bet. So back off. Representing Browntown. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to call Cleveland from now on, just because. It's 2020. We made the playoffs in 2020. Green Bay was in the playoffs in 2020, I'm pretty sure. It's only the third time since we the... became a team again in 99 that we've made the playoffs. In 99, we came back as a team in 99. Made the playoffs in 2002, so it's like, all right, here we go. Like, that, what, that didn't take long. We're building. And then 2020, 18 years before we made it again. Uh, so I'm going to look it up real quick, the uh, Packers. Yeah, and I, so we're, we're kind of celebrating. we got some fun football coming up, win or win or lose. It's like it's always nice when your team makes the playoffs and have the prospect of, prospects of going to the Super Bowl. We are one of the few teams that has a chance to win a championship. It's just fun. It feels good. Are we going to win? It feels oh. good. So I, I, I just enjoy it. Same thing with the wings. Wings kind of match my attitude right now. Very versatile. Do it yourself. Delicious, fun, spicy. They can be sweet. So many options. They made it in 2020. Green Bay did? Yeah. So this is the second time. So, but 2020 doesn't count. That year didn't, doesn't exist. Here's what's funny. I just said 2002, 2020, and then 2023. Since 99, since Cleveland became a franchise again, Green Bay made the playoffs. In 2001, 2, 3, 4, 7, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 19, 20, 21, 23. Y'all had that really rough stretch between 2016 and 2019 where you didn't make it. But 
like two years. Yeah, <laughs> we had a, we had a little bit of a Which, snag for Packers fan. That probably was like, what are we doing? Like, we should be making it. Yeah, we said a few things to each other. We cried. We laughed. We went to Milwaukee and swam in their rivers of bevs. So Darren, you and I shared with each other. I think we can share with our friends. So sorry, y'all. I know this is kind of like a prolonged sports talk. It's not really <laughs> not what we do. But you said that your Super Bowl prediction as of, I guess, this past weekend yep. was Baltimore yep. and Dallas. Dallas. Yep. And I think, uh, I think playoffs, Dallas could get hot. They're road to it. I think, yeah, I, I'm, I'm Baltimore-Dallas. That's what I'm calling it as. And then you return to me the Bills and Niners. Yeah, I'm going Niners-Bills. Uh, is Dallas number two seed it. in the NFC? Niners number one. Yeah, I think Dallas they're, two. Number two. they're either two or three. Isn't in the AFC the Ravens? Number one and the Bills number two. Mm, oh man, I don't know. So I have the one two. from AFC playing the two from NFC. <laughs> yeah, you have the one from NFC playing the two from AFC. So we don't think anybody three or below is doing anything. And uh, Green Bay, there's really no pressure because the Packers have gone to the playoffs before with Listen, we already the expectations about that. of the Super Bowl. There's no expectation. Youngest team in NFL history to make the playoffs, and I think they have a legit chance of beating Dallas, although unlikely, but they have a chance. Well, every Dallas has on a Sunday. Chance. So I'm looking forward to it. Friends, here, here are my two uh, icebreaker questions to you all. And Darren, you can answer. And then I'll, while you do, I'm going to go do a little bit of give me, shaking. Give me the two questions. Two questions. One, what is the go-to football food? Okay. Like, you know, just think about that. Like, what's the go-to football food? I've There's a two. commercial break. You're I'm watching the ready. game. I've got two, but go ahead. And then, friends, what is your Super Bowl pick? We're a community here. Roundtable ah, yes. family, grassroots family. Y'all, let's, let's enjoy the playoffs together. All right, Adam's going to go, gonna go flip some wings. And, Pardon me, friends. And shake some wings or do something to these wings. And I'm ex if y'all could smell. Oh, listen to that. Do you hear that pop sizzle? Um, go to football food. I've got two. One, uh, number one is wings. That just makes the most sense. And number two is loaded nachos. Those are those are the two for me. Everybody can say pizza. Pizza is just the go-to party food. Like that's that's easy. I don't know anybody who's like, hey, football games coming up. You know what we need? Hot dogs. Like that's a baseball. Food. Okay, which makes me think there's a commercial it might be on iHeartRadio. But the the question is like, what's what's the best third quarter food? Nachos or hot dogs? I'm like, hot dogs are baseball. Hot I, I do not equate hot dogs with football. Like no, I think hot, hot dogs, dogs baseball. baseball, right? Like yeah. there's uh, no way, no way that like in these NFL promotionals, like hey, what's the best food? Even even quarter, during the summer, how could you I love grilling nachos? burgers and watching a baseball game. Like my favorite thing to do during the summer. Listen, absolute favorite thing to do that's totally like Darren focused is grill some burgers. Eat and smoke a cigar, all while listening to a baseball game on the radio. Not watching it, but listening to it while I grill, while I eat, and then while I sit and smoke a cigar. I love listening to 
favorite thing. So, uh, sorry, I was a, a little distracted. You said, Darren, your go-to football food. First wings. one's wings. Second Good one's one. nachos. Nachos? Yep. Loaded nachos. Yeah, I think not nachos would be up there as well. You're Ooh. right. Pizza is like we have people over. <laughs> like we have, yeah, we have a lot of people party. Like everybody could say pizza, but here I need to do a get-together at my house this summer. I saw, of course, you know I've got my griddle. My Blackstone now, and yeah, I. You're the griddler. I, you've been there. I made us quesadilla burgers for. You walk some burgers. Elders meet. I think you gave it. What'd you give it? Three I and get, a half out of five. I gave it a four A. Wasn't Did I? Like it, it was. It was up there. Okay, it was good. I really enjoyed them. Um, I like that ranch too. The Gavin oh, Ranch. Oh yeah, the Chipotle. Oh, he hammers that stuff. Um, I saw a recipe for on the Blackstone. You just make it on the Blackstone and leave it there for people to eat. The entire Blackstone is covered loaded nachos. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that. That sounds terrible to clean up. It's um, you wrap the whole thing in tinfoil. The whole Blackstone is covered in tinfoil, and then you do the nachos on top of it. That makes sense. And I'm like, I'm going to do this. Tinfoil or aluminum foil? Is your age showing? Do people do tinfoil anymore? Wait, is that a di- I don't know. Is there a difference? Tinfoil, aluminum foil? Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? I don't know the last time I've seen tinfoil. I don't know, Darren. I'm Holy old. Holy crap. I'm old. I'm saying tinfoil. Lead paint tinfoil. Is that a thing? Like, oh, wait, you don't? Do, eat- do you avoid making certain foods because of the dishes? That's no, we just use a whole lot of paper plates around our house. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's <laughs> Same here. A whole lot of paper plates around our house. Uh, we go through a lot of paper plates. I will, I will sometimes. We don't have a, we don't have a dishwasher, and uh, we got to, like, I, I plan around how dirty the dishes are going to be. Nothing's worse than, like, nacho cheese bowl. That, that one's bad. Had that this morning. But, y'all, yeah, so let us know. Be a part of this. I know within Grassroots we got some uh, – we do have a few – well, we have one Cowboy fan. I think we lost a few. They moved on to other states. Like, they moved, literally. Yeah, moved literally on. Moved. Uh, we got some Colts up in here. I know we got some Steelers. Unfortunately. I lost all my Packer guys. Like, they also move. <laughs> Everyone's – when people are leaving, I'm, I, I, my family's the Browns. That's it, <laughs> the Browns. So I'm that's like, right. So looking forward. It gives us something to do. Uh, we were also kind of briefly this morning talking about beach trips this summer. So now I'm just yeah. in a like. Let's do this. Like let's let's get this here. Let's get it rolling. And we have a good opportunity to if you all are. Uh, Engaged with our Sunday morning gatherings and our preaching, you're probably aware that we are starting a new series in the book of Hebrews. I posted on Facebook, I have, I don't think I've ever been so excited for a series as I am the Hebrews series. I love the books we've preached through, and, and I've loved the series, but this series, for some particular reason, I'm just extra excited about. It's been great, and I'll, I'll echo what you're saying, doing, and doing like the, the, the pre-series prep has been great. Like it's, it's, it's been wonderful. And just so happens in the 1689 chapter A paragraph 2, which is where we're at today. It is literally talking about what we will be covering for I don't yeah, I guess it'd be safe to say the entire Hebrews Five series. So chapter 8 of the 1689, the second London Baptist Confession 1689, chapter 8 talks about Christ as the mediator. So Darren, would you like to be so kind as to now. It's a, it's a it's a big it's a long, sentence. It's a long paragraph, but uh, friends follow along, and I think you'll enjoy it. It's a good it's a good uh, start for our Hebrew series. It, yeah, it, you you had messaged me earlier this week saying this is going to roll us into our Hebrew series this Sunday so well, 
And then when I read the article or the paragraph, I was like, oh, wow, yes, yes, it will. Uh, so here it is. Uh, this is uh, chapter 8, paragraph 2, the 1689. Uh, the Son of God, the second person in the Holy Trinity, being very and eternal God, the brightness of the Father's glory, and one substance and equal, of one substance and equal with him who made the world, who upholds and governs all things he has made, did, when the fullness of time was complete, take upon him man's nature with all the essential properties and common infirmities of it, yet without sin, being conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary, the Holy Spirit coming down upon her, and the power of the Most High overshadowing her, and so was made of a woman of the tribe of Judah, of the seed of Abraham and David, according to the Scriptures, so that two whole, perfect, and distinct natures were inseparably joined together in one person, without conversion, composition, or confusion, which person is very God and very man, yet one Christ, the only mediator between God and man. That is a loaded statement. Um, it is going to lead us into our series in uh, Hebrews well because the entire series has to do with who Jesus is and what he accomplished. And um, Which, by the way, y'all, the whole time I've been reading this, he's been over here... Uh, Tossing, saucing, preparing these wings, and I, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to let them cool for a minute, literally a hot minute. Three legs. I'm I'm good with the, I'm good with whatever you give me, whatever you take. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna be offended. Why well, gotta take that one? I'm just kidding. I'm so pumped for this. Um, so this this paragraph has to deal with so much really of the nature of God, which allows him to be our mediator. So the mediator being the go between God the Father and us as fallen man, that, uh, that one that stands in the gap. And we'd have to ask, what makes him worthy to be that? And what makes him worthy is he is God the Son in the flesh as Jesus, okay? Um, and, and, and then wrapped up in that is those two natures, the nature of God, the Son, okay, and the nature of man come together in Jesus perfectly. Now, I want to clear up one thing. It says that the infirmities of man... We're talking about he got tired, he got hungry, um, had to sleep, he, he became weary. But the very next statement in there is without sin, perfect. Um, and so just seeing those natures, uh, you, you might hear a fancy word called the, the hypostatic union or the hypostatic union. That's a theological term for the coming together of those natures, God and man perfectly in one in Jesus, and because of who he is and his perfection in this life, it made him worthy to be our mediator. Yeah, if you look up the definition for mediator, it's like the in-between guy, 
like the in-between person, someone who's trying to reconcile the difference between two parties that are there's someone that's going back and forth, uh, negotiating on each person's behalf, and that's why Christ is so perfect that he is he is God, he is the essence of God, but he also put on flesh, a hundred percent man, so he is like the perfection of the divine plus the perfection of humanity as well, which means he knows how we feel. I mean, that's my major takeaway in thinking about Christ as a mediator, someone who's going before God the Father on my behalf, is that Jesus relates. You know, so whenever a situation comes up and, uh, you know, I feel really excited, it's like Jesus knows what it's like to be excited because human or you know if i am weary or discouraged it's like jesus in this he he can relate he knows he's a very personal intimate god and you and i were talking about it this morning as well a lot of these folks who have deconstructed their faith and are sharing their stories online not to delegitimize a lot of what they're saying but i came across a girl the other day that was like um People ask, how can you be a Christian for like 20 years and then suddenly be an atheist? I know, it's like pretty good. They're not pretty well, I think. Sorry, I sniffed the wings, and it does that thing where it makes the back of your 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 mouth, your jaw clench because it smells so good. Yeah, um, and then she went on to say that since she has deconstructed her faith, she realized that you know what she thought was the Holy Spirit making her feel a certain way was just her body's chemical reaction to dopamine release or when she was praying for encouragement. It was her basically just praying to herself. And, and I was sharing that with you. And very often the question becomes, well, did they know Christ from the beginning? And people use this as like a, as a terrifying verse, uh, the whole... Uh, Lord, like, did we not cast out demons in your names and prophesy in your name, Jesus? During the, during the day of judgment, so many will say, look at all the great stuff we did in your name. And Jesus' response was, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never, I never knew you. Like, I never, you ne- we never met. Like, I don't know. Obviously, Jesus knows everyone, but he's like, no, we didn't have that relationship. So whenever someone talks about, you know, deconstructing their faith or, or leaving the, the communion of the faith, it's like, for that, for that young girl, it's like, man, did you ever, like, know Jesus? Like, the whole, Jesus says, eternal life is that you know me and the Father who sent me. But we have a mediator in Christ who is human. He knows how he understands. He can relate. He's, he understands our fallen condition, and he's working on our behalf. I think it's great. Darren... <laughs> You gonna dive in? See what you I'm gonna let here. you dive in first because I'm gonna see. I want to see how hot they still are. Um, yeah, when I look at this, um, this is something that we are. You want more, by the way? Did I? No, I'm, we're good. We're good. Um, I'm encouraged by this passage or this paragraph so much because we've talked about this in the past, uh, and I remember Tim Keller was the first one that ever really pointed this out that that I was paying attention, I guess, and heard. Um, Every religion on earth, you are working your way towards God. Every single religion. Like, go and look. There's no religion that you can go and look at that you are not working your way towards God, whatever God there might be, towards Godhood, um, a better reincarnation. No matter what it is, you're working towards it. Except Christianity, God came to us. He stepped 
off his throne as the son. He came to earth, lived the life of perfection we couldn't live, died the sufficient death that we couldn't die, paid the price we couldn't pay to make a way for us to be reconciled to God the Father. And that's what this whole paragraph is about, is that Jesus was able to do that. He, he had the perfect nature of God, as God, to live a sinless life, but took on the form of man in order to pay the price for sin. And those natures coming together made him the... the people are going to hear this word from us a lot over the next five months, but that's sufficient Savior. He, he was... He was what was needed. Or the song, <clears throat> like, Jesus, you are enough. Yeah. Darren, I think that the wings turned out pretty well. Okay. Uh, I still see yours smoking, so I'm going to wait. Actually, I don't think they're too hot. I'm, I'm, I don't, ah. don't want to burn my tongue, so I'm waiting just a little bit. I'm going to chew into the mic. Um, yeah, I mean. Quick question. These are how, again, wings. How I'm difficult home. is it to clean the air fryer? Not that one. Yeah, remember how it was advertised as an easy-to-clean basket? The space in the grill of the basket is wide enough to where it's easier to clean. Nice. Yeah, I broke this in last weekend. I've made wings. This is my third time. I'm glad you're <laughs> enjoying <laughs> in it. A week. Well, I wanted to, once I was like, man, I want wings. And t- another time I wanted to practice. He was, he was practicing for today. but I wanted to make sure I knew. Well, air fryers are different. Yeah, I've had some before where the max temperature goes like 392. It's like, I don't know. What, what did we say this one said? 450. Yeah. Um, something about this paragraph that does bring to mind is there's so many people, I think, that want to take Jesus and add to him. They, they want to say, yes, Jesus. This was, you know, really Paul's entire ministry talking to people within the church that were Jewish, where they're like, yes, we have faith in Jesus, so be circumcised, follow the law, stick to the dietary restrictions, follow the holy days. And he's going, no, all of those things that we would deem holy or that the old law deemed holy point to Jesus. How would you translate that to the modern day? In what way do we today do what you correctly mentioned was happening in the past, like Jesus and that notion. What is the contemporary I think we way can... about Jesus and what else? You have to, look, you, in order to be a Christian, you have to, well, put your faith in Jesus and? Uh, I'll take it into a few different contexts. One would be, I think, in general, um, if you're talking about church-going people, one would say, Hey, you have to have faith in Jesus and belong to a church. Uh, don't be involved in certain things. Like a good Christian doesn't drink or else you're not a good Christian. A good Christian doesn't, you know, watch certain types of shows or you're you're, you're probably not, not even saved a good, like or, a real Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's, we would call it a, a legalism where the only way you're definitely a Christian is if you fit uh, with certain guidelines that really are extra biblical. Because scripture's clear. 
there are things. You and I did a whole podcast series on it, the flesh v. spirit, um, the fruits of the spirit, where it's like if you are a Christian, if you have been regenerated, God has made you new through the indwelling of his Holy Spirit inside of you. Things are going to change. Things are going to look different. But I think what ends up happening is a lot of people start to stack certain things up and say, this proves my salvation. Where it's like this, you see I'm a Christian because I go to church, because I dress right, because I talk right. Therefore, God is pleased with me. Instead of looking at it as God is pleased with Jesus, Jesus has changed me, therefore, I do these things. We're talking about uh, Jesus taking on the right, flesh go, of man and putting on the infirmities therein. Uh, he got hungry, and he was eating on the Sabbath. He has a twisty. Remember the Pharisees were like, hey, what are you doing eating on the Sabbath? You can't eat on the Sabbath. And he's like, well, the groom is here. The bridegroom is here. You can go back to the, <laughs> doing your thing whenever the bridegroom is left. But Jesus is like breaking rules of the law, but yet he completed the law and fulfilled it. I think sometimes it's like we are still, sorry, y'all, indigestion from <laughs> bird <laughs> You dove murder. into the wings too much. I'm uh, diving into the wings, by the yeah, way. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, where Jesus, like, Jesus broke the traditional rules, but he did it for a righteous reason. Like The Pharisees were so concerned about rule following, it's like they forgot about he who gave them the rules. Like they, they were worshiping how well they followed rules. Like Jesus, you're not following the rules. You're just like, look, I am like I am God. Like I can, you know, you're missing the point. I'm here now. Hello, kingdom of heaven is near. So, uh, but he's like healing people on the Sabbath and eating on the Sabbath and getting in all, you know, a whole lot of trouble. So anyway, unfortunately, the the judgmental Christians I think have been so. And again, we all we all judge, unfortunately, and sometimes we're we're wrong. But this idea of like, well, how well does somebody follow the rules instead of like, well, who do you know? Like, like is it a personal relationship? Like music styles. Uh, I listen to a lot of alternative music, a lot of rock. I mean, it's th- that's me. <clears throat> like, I like to work out the ACDC. It, I, whenever I started working, I know you all are like, wait, Adam works out. Not really, but I do every now and then. But uh, when I was a freshman at Marshall, uh, some of my some of the guys on my floor, good friends of mine, they would work out in one of their rooms and lift weights while listening to ACDC, like Dirty Deeds, Dunder, Cheap. And it, I don't know. So even now, if I'm doing physical activity, it's like ACDC just works. And I know that is not a, you know, like the, the church culture be like, well, that's wrong. Why are you listening to ACDC? Like, oh, you're breaking a rule. It's like, one, who made that rule? And two, what about the heart behind it? It's not like I'm listening to it to, you know, put a finger at the church. It's like, it's dirty deeds done dirt cheap. Dirty deeds. But uh, I'm not saying it's like break rules, but think about this. We, we're all sinners. We all mess up. Think about why. Like, why is it that we're engaged in some of these activities? Instead of being so concerned about follow rule, follow rule, follow rule, follow, follow rule. It's like, well, what happened? Like, you're doing this. Can you explain that to me? Yeah, you mentioned alcohol. It's like you can say, here's a rule. Uh, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. So never never touch alcohol. Just kind of taking it a little bit to the extreme. So if you come across someone and they're like, yeah, I had a 
beer with my wings last night. If you're thinking, well, Christians shouldn't do that. It's one thing to be like, God, you're breaking the rules. You can't do that versus like, I'm confused. I thought that it's my understanding that that is, again, scripture. Like, can you, what brought you to that? There's a difference in like getting plowed every night and having a beer with your wings, I think. Now, again, everyone follow your own heart and your own conviction. But it's like this idea of like making up our own rules and then enforcing them on other people. Well, and this is the way, because, and, and I totally know what you meant by this. Uh, there is a narrative out there. It's like, follow your heart. Okay. Scripture says the heart is deceitfully wicked above all else. Well, who can know it? Um, but when you, when you say follow your own heart and conviction, I know what you mean by that is the Holy Spirit working within your heart according to the Word of God. Um, you, you follow those convictions. Now, the easy way, the easy way, I think the clearest way that we can, how do we identify what makes something able to be done? Um, it's always according to this, this biblical narrative. Is it for God's glory and the good of the church? Now, when I say behind the what? Yeah, when I say church, I'm talking about our brothers and sisters in Christ, um, God's glory and the good of the church. Okay, so when I smoke a cigar, I have no conviction against it. All right, but when I get around somebody who does have a conviction against it, I will not smoke because my love for them is greater than what I think is my right to smoke a cigar. If I go to lunch with somebody who has a conviction against drinking a beer, I'm not going to drink a beer because my love for them is greater than my right to have a beer. And when I look at it as this is for God's glory, then that informs other things. Like, you know, in my own time with nobody around, I'm not going to get freaking high on drugs because that's not for God's glory. You know, I'm not going to get at home alone, drunk, staggering around everywhere. That's not for God's glory. You know, so cutting some grass. Uh. Yeah, understanding those two things. If it's for God's glory and the good of my brother or sister, that that informs me on how I do a lot of the things I do. Um, there are certain shows that I'm just, we can easily sit here and go, listen, you shouldn't watch pornography. That's easy. Mm. But there are a lot of shows that contain so much, and I'm going to say vulgarity, like it can, you can boil that down to whatever you want. Um, that, that, me watching that is not to God's glory. I'm just not going to watch it. It's, I'm not going to take that in all day long or, you know, in my spare time. It, I'm going to, I'm going to care more about God's glory uh, than I am, you know, yeah. my ability to watch something. Uh, I think I'm going to piggyback on what you're saying. Words that we use. We did a podcast a few years ago called Words Matter. Uh, whenever I was a teenager, what separated me, a Christian, from my non-church-going friends was that I didn't cuss, didn't drink, didn't smoke, was a good kid, didn't listen to bad music for a while. Sorry, like, my pastor growing up would say, you don't cuss? Smoke, drink, or chew, or run around with women who do. Boom. That was me. And I actually 
would use that, like what distinguishes me from the world? Because as Christians, we're supposed to be in the world, not of the world. I'm like, well, I don't do these certain things. Going through life, better understanding who God is, it's all about knowing him and that personal relationship. But to go back to this idea of like word usage as well, like someone to say there are some words you can never say, like voodoo words, like certain words you can never say which is so relative to the person because the same one would be like, hey, you can't use this particular quote-unquote cuss word, but you can absolutely use your temper and anger and be vicious without cussing and just rip someone apart, basically cursing them. A little bit of a difference. And what I'm trying to get back to is that Jesus is an is, he's the mediator between us, fallen men, and a holy, righteous God. He understands. Sometimes we stub our toes and we say a few things. You can't, you can't, well, I'm not a Christian because I lost control and said a few things that certain people would say Christians can't say, so I'm not a Christian, instead of being like, look, God, I messed up, maybe uh, said a few things at a bad time. It's like, forgive me, let's move on. Right? Like, Jesus understands that struggle and that burden. You can't be like, well, I must not be saved. I don't know Jesus. I'm not going to heaven because I said this word. I drank that beverage. It's like, look, Jesus understands he knows you're fallen, he knows you need him, and he is giving you 100% of what you need already, right? Like, already sufficient, perfect, and enough right now. You can't lose that. Like, there's no losing it. So it's basically like getting an infinite credit card limit. It's like, well, what are you going to do with it? Like, we have life abundantly. And so what are we going to do with it? Which goes back to what I said of God's glory and the good of our fellow brother, because um, <clears throat> if you get that infinite credit card and your first thought is, well, I'm going to get me this and this and this and this and this, then, then you have not gone to Christ as Savior. You've gone to him as the cosmic piggy bank. Oh, that was... Um one of the commentaries, uh, the, the, was it the Kruger commentary? They said if we start seeing Jesus as anything other than a supreme, sufficient Savior, following Jesus becomes a duty. Yeah. Now, who wants to be in that? Like, friends, imagine if someone said that their relationship with you was defined by a duty. I have to do it, so I'm doing it. <laughs> Yeah, the next time oh, they call tough. you and go, hey, you want to hang out, you're going, uh, why do they? Well, we are, f we are cordial, so I am obligated to fulfill my duties as an acquaintance, and even though I don't want to, I shall show up, as opposed to being like, thanks for thinking you thought about me. Yes. I think that's the, one of the best things about friendship is that time <laughs> where, you, okay, you and I hang out every Thursday. That's when we hang out, we go to the Wild Bean, we chill. But if I just text you randomly on a Tuesday afternoon, like, hey, man, how you doing? Like, if I ask you on Thursday while we're hanging out, it's like, yeah, you're together, you're gonna, we're together, you're going to hang out, you're going to ask. But if out of, out of an ordinary time, it's just like, hey, how you, how you guys doing? Like, what's up? All of a sudden, it's like, oh, like, this guy's thinking about me at a different time. And so, it, yeah, we're friends. It's not at our regularly scheduled. Um, yeah, I can text you uh, commentators who, what was it, the whole Philadelphia 
fan. Sorry, Philly fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but, hey, no. All right, no, no more football talk. We got to nope. get over it. But anyway, but, but I like you say, saying, it's like I saw a clip that was very similar in nature to a conversation you and I had. Yep. So I'm like, dude, you got to check this out. Yeah, and and I think even like <clears throat> this morning we were talking. Um, you know, there to being uh, with Angie, the sabbatical coming up, and y'all, you're like, yeah, do we? Do we still get to hang out? Like, are we? We're not going to record because everything grassroots is off the table. You're like, but can we still hang out? And it's like if if us hanging out is just because, well, we'll hang out before we record because you know, I'm supposed to. Then then you're not going to care about while I'm gone hanging out. But it's like this. That's what I think friendship is, and that's what I think out of duty and looking to God doing things well I'd better do this or else and this is something I want to make sure to say in this whole thing of Jesus as mediator before we will ever see him as mediator before we will ever value him as savior we have to first come to the realization we need him as savior we need him as mediator like we have nothing to bring to God. We are only in sin and and have nothing of value to offer to God for our rebellion. And therefore, that's why we needed Jesus to be that. We needed the go-between. Uh, if we don't first come to that, then we're never going to value Jesus. Yeah, and that veil is torn. Like the hyper, we we get to stand in the presence of our Creator, Father, without shame and in full confidence, because Jesus has been vouching for us the entire time. Like since creation was made, since time existed, Jesus was thinking of us. <clears throat> it's encouraging. Like, it just makes me sad whenever those deconstruct the faith. Like, I, I understand it. I know churches are not perfect because it's full of people. <laughs> what, do, what do you think about what I told you earlier? That I think more people deconstruct and leave the church, not because of what it believes, but because of how people are treated. Do you think that's accurate? Because I don't have any empirical evidence. Yeah, I'd have to have more time with someone who has left the church because... My experience, and this is not coming from online viewing, but just like in my experience in church, most that I'm aware of are still active in the faith. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know anyone personally that has deconstructed. Like most, you know, someone that I've known, a friend I that a I have from like 15 years ago, they're still probably holding on to the same worldview, faith, and practices that they had before. So no one, no one has been adamantly like deconstructing their faith. Or leaving the church necessarily, but well, let yeah, me break I, think, it. I think locally, yeah, yeah, it's like we talked about, like the individual needs people as individuals. We just have, I think we have a hard time out here in the West seeing ourselves as us instead of just I. Like, I, I mean, I'll break it down to two categories. I think a lot of people that I've seen leave the church, they've left the church, but still like would believe in Jesus uh, and would probably call themselves Christians, 
but they were just hurt by the church. So what they saw being taught and what they saw being modeled were two different things, and so they left. I also know some people that have left the church because um, their beliefs, I would say, on my end, I would say their beliefs went more cultural, and they left orthodoxy. They, they left what the church has historically believed uh, since Jesus. Um, they would say, no, they would, they would break it down this way, no, um, you believe more what the church says than what Jesus says. Like, we should be more about love yeah, than and, we should about doctrine. I mean, it's the, like, and <laughs> Scripture is pretty exclusive, too. That is not a very... It, it's inclusively exclusive. Yes. I love that. <laughs> so, I love that statement. Yeah. So it's not like, uh, hey, every, you know, it's hard. It's, it's, it, it hits someone directly, you know, the faith. Right between the eyes. But now my, just my heart goes out uh, to those that, are, that do fall away and for those that um, have temporarily n- not persevered till the end. Because I still have, you know, hope that those out there that have deconstructed and fallen away from the faith, like, look, if you, if you got a taste of that grace... I'm gonna, can I go? Uh, can I go tulip here for a second? <laughs> Do it. Like you get a taste of God's grace. Like you can't. Like the more we, the more like I understand, try to understand like God's grace and how my life is so. It's like I, I think John Piper said this expression once: swimming in God's grace. It's like swimming in an ocean of grace. The more I realize that, the more like I don't want to. Jesus, like I don't ever want to leave you, <laughs> like. You know, church, church stuff is you know. I again, I get it. Like different views change. You know, bylaws, yeah, business. But to quit Jesus, ah, he's well, a good mediator. And this is, uh, and again, my heart goes out. I mean, and yeah, I hope I hope I'm saying that well enough. Like I'm not saying this like oh, you sinners leaving Jesus. It's like no, my heart breaks for those that don't get to swim in that grace. That don't recognize that how much God really does love them. And this is this is why we said, and this is a little bit of a, a teaser slash spoiler for this Sunday. Um, promo. This paragraph in the 1689 speaks so well to our our series in Hebrews is titled Hebrews. <laughs> we went real big on that one, uh, but there's always a byline and a series goal, and the, and the byline is a supreme sufficient Savior. And our series goal is for Grassroots Church to uh, value Jesus above all else and rest in him as our prophet, priest, and king. And that taken all together with this is that Jesus has succeeded in being a sufficient Savior. And therefore, we can. You said swimming in that ocean. One of the most fun things to do in the ocean to me is to just go and, like, just float. Whether it's face down, face up, you just float. And just on the waves, you know, and then you come up for some air. You're just on your back. You don't have to. But you just float. And it's just so fun and, like, nowhere to be. You're just resting in it. And the sun's hitting you as you're laying there and and the waves are washing over and and I'm sitting here thinking about like Gosh, we're in a beach mood today, Darren. I well, I'm always in a beach mood. Um, but that resting in Jesus as our prophet, priest, and king, that we wouldn't want to go anywhere else. 
and some encouragement before we sign off here. Jesus is right now, currently, presently, in this moment, seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. I think that's great. Uh, Just before I sign off, I want to echo what you just said of it's not and it's not just that we get to know him yeah he didn't do it and then fly off to a far world to never be seen again like we get to know him um but i do want to get i'm going to i'm going to give oh drum roll i'm going to say 4.8 out of 5 oh that's pretty here, good just because i said that about your quesadilla burger I no see what's it's up. it's restaurant wing consistency so like it's the crisp edges but it's still like it's not chewy like great wings um the sauce is good it was a difference for me because usually when you get restaurant wings you don't get the salt pepper and garlic powder before yeah and so that was an added flavor i'm gonna say the point two that got taken away is i almost feel bad saying this don't be angry too much pepper Oh, too much pepper? Yeah. But 4.8 out of 5. Hey, I'll take it. Loved it. That's the thing. Great thing about wings. You know what? So now, when you're on your own, you want to do it your way, go do it your way. <laughs> They're wings. Just enjoy them. This is a no-judging culinary circle. Friends, thank you for being a part of our conversation this morning. Let us have any feedback you want. Text, call, you know how to find us. Good luck to you all who have NFL teams in the playoffs this Sunday, uh, unless you're a Cowboys fan, because go back, go. Love y'all. You're awesome. See you.